0: Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Brooke. I am our host, and this is episode number 25. Number 25. And
1: I got Lauren with me. Absolutely. How you doing, Brooke? I'm uh,
0: I'm doing good. I got to sleep in a little bit this morning. It's kind of nice. Really? You got yeah. to sleep in. Yeah.
1: You know, having having four kiddos, not in school. That doesn't happen very often. I don't I don't even know how you pulled that off. Well,
0: um, we got to ship off the children to the grandparents for uh for the week so, so for a whole week i don't have anything to do except deal with an annoying dog prior to having to show up at work and party so, at the jameses that's right that's right we're gonna nap and <laughs> float in the pool and i love it when,
1: when do the kiddos come home
0: uh we'll go get them on
1: friday okay so yeah. it's monday oh my yeah. goodness so how was your father's day uh, you know, How I think let's well,
0: let's 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 back up. Let's well, let me now let me bit. answer okay, that okay, go ahead.
1: because I think uh, <laughs> all of us hedonists, fathers out there, dream of a Father's Day where we're we're sitting in our recliner and uh, various uh, small people bring us our favorite foods and our favorite beverages <laughs> and continually ask us, "Is there anything else that you need, Father?" What can I do for you, Father? And that was my Father's Day. I'm not going to wow. lie. Yes, it it wasn't. My mom would refer to that as, as the,
0: uh, she would always say, rise up and call me blessed. That was, <laughs> that was my mom's phrase. So. But okay, so let's, let's backtrack then. Yeah. Uh, because you had people waiting on you hand and foot. Yes. Um, as they say, because you lost your hand and foot you've you've lost your ability to 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 do these things for yourself. I like, thankfully didn't lose anything,
1: but I broke a few things.
0: So let's go back to uh, let's go back to Thursday. Thursday. Right? Thursday is a interesting day in the
1: week of colonial Church. Tell us what happened. Thursday, I uh, get on my motorcycle. Uh, my two thousand and ten Harley fat boy. Oh my goodness, I love that bike. It's so loud. And um, I got on my bike here at the church office. And I was set to meet uh, a new friend, uh, right. Michael Hansen, who is uh, one of the pastors I've met here in town recently. He's, he's replaced uh, Ike Butterworth, I believe, is the name of the longtime pastor at First Presbyterian Church. Okay. First and Pres. so Michael's okay. a, a young guy with some little kids and just moved here from far away a few it months is. ago. We were going to meet at the Branding Iron, and I was going to introduce Ooh. him to some fantastic barbecue. Did you bring cash? No, but they take credit card now. Oh, that's right. They I did. learned they the hard changed. way the first two times I went <laughs> that they did not. But they do take credit card now. Okay, sure. But I get, I get literally about three blocks from the church, and um, uh, just a lovely, wonderful lady driving a big F-250 never saw me. And she mm. proceeded, just as I came up on her blind spot on her left, she proceeded to change lanes rather quickly into my lane. Uh, I managed to avoid hitting her somehow. But there's oncoming traffic to my left. I couldn't go anywhere. Nowhere to go. And I just went down. And so um, I hit my head really hard. This is the most surreal part for me is it all happened so quickly, but I do feel like the slow motion aspect of of it was I nailed my head on the pavement. And I remember thinking, wow, that was a lot harder impact than I expected. (laughs) And the next thing I know, I'm lying on my back and the bike's on my left leg. And, um, my shoulders hurting and there's people starting to gather all around me and it became a scene, yeah. fire truck, ambulance. It's nice. it, a, it's a surreal feeling. I'm, I'm wondering if I'm in shock. I'm wondering if I have a concussion. Lance bourgeois pastor at grace church just walks up on the scene. Ron Downing got there in about three seconds. Cause I, I told somebody to call the church office. Yeah. Uh, Barbara, our bookkeeper, she says she saw the motorcycle She saw the fire truck, uh, and then she saw Ron Downing standing there, and Uh she about lost it. So um, that was my Thursday. Okay, so every Tom Cruise movie I've ever
0: seen, he can easily lay down the bike... And basically pop up and then either fight people or shoot people really quickly without any any incidents. And so, he's not wearing a helmet, by the and way. And he's usually not wearing a helmet, right? right? He might be riding it backwards. Like, so what's the deal? Are you just not as good at uh, riding as Tom Cruise? Clearly, is? I need to work on this.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clearly, I am no Tom Cruise. Come on.
0: Well, uh, we're glad that you're okay. Um, I got a call just a minute later because uh, because Michael, who you were supposed to be meeting, is my is my next door neighbor. Yeah, right. And uh, so I got a I got a text from Ron that was like, Hey, can you call Michael? uh, Ron, um, Lauren got in a, in a, in an accident. He's okay, but he's not going to make it to lunch. And I was like, so now I'm like, I don't have very much information and I'm supposed to call somebody else and say, you're not coming. So, uh, so I got to call Michael and fill him in just
1: a little bit. Well, poor Michael's texting me later. Um, and he's, he's just (laughs) hoping and praying that the reason for my wreck wasn't the text message he just sent me. So poor guy. I'm like, well, that's well, I'm good. Not because checking my text message while I'm riding my motorcycle <laughs> through traffic. I'm not that guy.
0: Well, I also told him. I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he just couldn't come up with another excuse, <laughs> but he didn't want to, like, he didn't want to go
1: to lunch. So that was the best he got. Uh, now, if it had been like. If it had been Chinese food, I I could have come up with an excuse, but mm. there's nothing that keeps me from a, a barbecue <laughs> meal at the branding iron.
0: I know, barbecue, barbecue, is tough to Well, that's that's good. We're glad you're we're glad you're alive. Um, we're glad you're well, uh, still thank we didn't have you this weekend, which which also didn't have Jordan this weekend. Jordan Jordan's uh,
1: ankle swelled up like a watermelon. And I don't, I don't, he hit, I don't like, even
0: know yet what happened. Got bit by a mosquito or like stubbed his toe or something i don't really know but i just got a text message that was like yeah i'm not gonna be there our pastors and, are going down that's right we were just i was waiting somebody said uh, everything happens in threes so we're waiting <laughs> for the next one and and uh yeah but so we got to the weekend so that was good so then your father's day became everyone waited on you hand yes but were, were the kids, kids were the kids like worried because w- tanner and i actually went and got the motorcycle and took it home and i couldn't tell from their faces if they were like <laughs> yeah dad is an idiot or uh, or oh my gosh we're terrified and
1: we don't really know how to act right now how did the kids take it that's a great question i I would like to think because they didn't know anything for a while and then the first they heard I Facebooked uh, Facebook I FaceTimed them on my phone okay and um and I purposely waited till after they took that huge neck brace off from the hospital precautionary thing that makes me look like I almost died. (laughs) Um, But so the first thing they see is me smiling and laughing and talking. And that's good. I did that on purpose. I was trying to alleviate all kinds of (laughs) weird scares, you know, Um, whatever it was, the drugs (laughs) It may have been the drugs. Uh, I did get some really good stuff this past weekend. Yeah. And it is amazing how quickly some of that can work. Like I can be really uncomfortable and in a lot of pain, and it feels like within about 5-10 minutes, you're
0: telling stories I'm and sleeping. cracking jokes. Oh, oh okay. man, yeah, that's how you. React. And I'm a
1: lot funnier. Yeah, yeah, that's what's why I've decided
0: you're a lot funnier, or you think you're a lot funnier. Aren't those the same thing, bro? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they're exactly the same. <laughs> Well, uh, we have we have an update. Um, Kara K and I went to the doctor uh, this past week, and got well, good news, we right? got some, we finally got some good news. So some of you may have seen that on Facebook as she posted it all. But uh, basically, they have a, a a way to monitor the level of um, of potential cancer growth for this type of cancer that in through her blood. So we did, uh, we had a blood test. We talked to the doctor that we needed to talk to. And basically she is almost as low as possible on the scale. It's a scale of zero to 30 and she was 0.1. So it, it doesn't get much lower than wow. that. Wow! And so that, that basically means that at this point, the thyroid ectomy, the total thyroid ectomy that she had removed all possibility of cancer at the moment. So that will be the thing God. that we continue to monitor over the next Lifetime, but it will give us a a good marker to but, easily be able to tell, and that she's that's, good for now.
1: That's great news. It is great, news. And, and I did re- I did read that on your post. I appreciate you guys keeping us all up to date there. But I still understand her to say she's kind of miserable. Like yes, she's, the what the, whatever the cliche is, is, we're not out of the woods yet. You know? We're not out
0: of the woods. Well, we're, we're you know I think I think when you don't feel good and everything hurts and life is terrible, and then you add in the cancer word things take yeah. a different perspective and yeah. so to to have the cancer where i think just even watching her like over the next day two days three days since then like i think her her just her mental state has been different because we got to hear that fear has been alleviated yeah the the cancer yeah. is gone so we're not having to worry about that that doesn't mean that yes you're you're right we're not out of the woods she still has uh she's still dealing with a lot of pain um she has extremely low iron in her blood, mm. and uh, so we, we have some things that we got to go take care of. So that's good, and, and we still have doctors to go see and, you know, the funness of all of the referrals and doctors and insurance and repeating your story over and over and over again, but at least at this point this week, we got
1: some good news. So, mm. Praise yeah. God. I know a lot of people have been praying for Kara K. Don't stop. Let's pray all the way uh, to her having her voice back to normal and right. being pain-free and right. so she can do the things she really wants to do. Well, we definitely appreciate those
0: prayers. So thank Absolutely. you for that. All right. So I have to go back um, the last two weeks. Despite our podcast not being about sports or anything else, we we have had a, a brief argument about the best basketball player. I don't believe, I don't remember uh, it being an argument as much as. You've been on drugs, so you don't remember things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We got, we got a question this week from, from one of our listeners, Rick Farson, um, been a longtime colonial guy for a okay. while, and uh, he, he, he wants to revive the question just a little bit, but he wants to know, uh, he says, a better sports question would be, who is the better hockey player? Oh, my goodness. Alex Ovechkin, o, Ovechkin. see if I, I can't even say it right, or Sidney Crosby, or which hockey player changed the sport, if you want to go with my argument? Oh, my goodness. He says, Gordy Howe. I honestly don't know enough about about, uh, about hockey to be able to tell you. See, Rick. Uh, Howe, but I would argue that it's uh, Wayne Gretzky because that's who I see as the greatest and the guy that changed the sport where you don't have Alex or Sidney Crosby coming after that. But you are looking at me like I don't have any idea because I don't remember the last time I watched a hockey I game. I like to
1: say two things, <laughs> and I mean them both from the bottom of my heart. One uh-huh. is Rick Farson. I love you so much. <laughs> And two? And two is I don't really care who the best player is in hockey because I don't watch hockey, and I can't appreciate it, but I grew up in Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, at least, at least unless, unless you're close to the stars or something like that, there's just no hockey. You know, there's not, not much Texas. hockey around here. Yeah. And then I moved to Germany, where well, there's definitely hockey, but it was much more of a soccer world. Okay. Uh, and then I just immersed myself in American football and American basketball. Makes sense. Went to Baylor in Waco, Texas. Ain't no hockey there. They don't have ice hockey. Right. Mm. I moved to Denver when the Colorado Avalanche won a couple of championships. Right. So Patrick one, one would think I would I would have jumped on that bandwagon back I was, in the I was 90s. a big Patrick Waugh fan back he then. He was amazing. He was. Yes. Um, he never blinked. I... crazy. I, I don't know. I... I I if I if I say anything more about <laughs> hockey I am making it up. You know I watch I watch uh, part of the interruption a lot on ESPN PTI it's too old I say it's the two old guys in the balcony from the Muppets Yeah, with their right, own right. sports yeah, show okay. you know. And every time hockey comes <laughs> up they crack me up cuz they unapologetically say I don't know, I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> Well, okay, so he moves on. So
0: we'll, we'll move on from hockey. Probably Wayne Gretzky, though. We, that's, that's my argument. But he says, by the way, the best band of all time. So hang on. I want a one-word response from you. Yes. Okay. Best band of all time, according to Rick Farson, is Pink Floyd.
1: I respect that. That's but... way more than one word. You already broke my rules. Come on. No. No. <laughs> 'Cause you're still stuck on YouTube. Oh, YouTube! i I'm not stuck on YouTube. No, you're stuck on YouTube. Oh, no, the whole world's stuck on YouTube, All right. bro. All right. Tell
0: me about tell me about July fourth. Tell me about what's coming up. Let's <laughs> let's move on to things. July fourth. July fourth.
1: It's a Sunday. And yes. so um I have no idea what to expect. Uh I don't know if just a ton of us are gonna be out of town or a ton of us are gonna be out at various lakes and parks. And, mm. um, I will be at the lake. You will be out of town on vacation. I am taking I vacation. That. Yeah. And so I, I don't know how many people are like you, but for for various reasons, we decided, okay, it's a Sunday. You can't fight it. Let's let's join it. Okay, uh, we're not going to have you know just a blatant you know worship America Sunday. We're not going to do that. But in the context of our freedom <laughs> that we have been blessed by right. here as Americans, we're going to worship God. Okay, we're going to open up the scriptures. We're going to finish our series on the Sermon on the Mount. It's going to finish strong that Sunday. Right, uh, and then we're going to break bread together. We have not done this not just since before the pandemic. I don't think we've done this as a church, as a whole. Uh, You would know better than me. You've been here six years. I've been here three, not even three. Uh, But it has been a few years for sure since we have said, let's all have a meal together. Uh, And so we have got uh, tons of food being prepped uh, for us to have plenty of food for everybody. I have no idea if we'll have 150 people there that morning cool or we'll have 550 people there that morning i have no idea but we're gonna be ready for whoever comes uh we're gonna have some things set up for our kids we're gonna have some lawn games you know for the us us big kids to enjoy lawn darts lawn darts yes (laughs) keep the kids away from those (laughs) some axe throwing we'll bring axe throwing back from shield headquarters oh gosh um not really we're not doing that but I'm, i'm just looking forward to it it's a win 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 it's the middle of the summer let's just enjoy being together. Yeah, We, st- it still gives my family time to do something else with, with family, you know, right. the day before that afternoon, the next day, you know, a lot of people are taking that Monday off uh, from work Monday, the fifth. So there'll be a lot of opportunity to do other things with family and neighbors. And um, I just want to encourage everybody who can make it come. They, maybe it's the first time back to church for some folks. Uh, I think it's a wonderful, easy opportunity to invite friends and neighbors and coworkers who don't normally come to church hey come with us and then just enjoy a free meal afterwards and yeah. then, we'll, then we'll be done you know so breaking of bread yes the
0: breaking of bread is that like uh we got a bunch of french rolls and we're going to karate chop we're gonna, them we're going to break those baguettes up that's right yes. that would be fun that could be a yard it's game it's a whole other game probably it could be all right no okay so but there's no,
1: just to be clear, there's no registration for that. Right. You just show up hungry. 915 service. 915 service. And uh, our kids will still be over in 242. We've got some fun things planned for them. And then you would go get your kids if you have children and bring them all. It's a family. So effect. no kids, no kids services or anything at 11 o'clock. No, as well, no, no, correct? no. We're just eating and listening to good music and probably some Pink Floyd. <laughs> if, we're doing, right. if we're doing it right, you know. <laughs> Maybe it's ice hockey conversations. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Rick will probably have his Capitals jersey on, <laughs> talking trash. Bring it. Let's do it. Let's be. Let's be family. You know, that's fun.
0: Okay, cool. Well, so this weekend, prior to you nearly dying, and you already <laughs> had. Um, you already had Chad and Heather Ashcraft that were going to be speaking this weekend. So it's not like yes. we, had, we were like, oh, gosh, what do we do here? Throw them up there.
1: <laughs> they were they were ready to go and had prepped this whole time. I so. loved how Chad even said that. He's like, he's like, just just so y'all know, <laughs> so you know, we didn't get the call yesterday <laughs> and we're, we're freaking out trying to plan some. No, we actually planned this uh, many, many weeks ago. I, I would say at least eight or ten weeks back, we asked Chad and Heather if they would teach one of these weeks and they they grabbed a hold of the lord's prayer section yeah. in Matthew 6. So they've been working on it for quite a while. Yeah. It's great. Um timing was perfect because I didn't have to be there and uh Jordan who would be our instant, you know, run from the bullpen guy didn't have to work on short notice. It it worked out great. So I it was I was I I enjoyed watching it from home and uh just Chad has become one of my closest friends probably since I moved here three years ago, uh, since we've been elders together for a while. And uh, we still meet regularly over coffee and try to speak truth into each other's lives, our fathering, our husbanding, um, just what it looks like to follow Jesus day to day. So I was thrilled that he That's and cute. Heather got to teach. Yeah.
0: it's cool. Good to know. Well, diving into the Lord's Prayer and, and what they talked about, obviously, for for their chunk of, of that, I, I kind of went through and just kind of started writing down some some random questions that were popping into my head uh-huh. as we started dealing with this, and um and and they may have covered a little bit of this as well, and so I just kind of wanted to throw some things out to you, um and and see what you think. Uh, 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 you know referring to some of these questions and and then uh, and then you know we'll just see where we go from there but so to start off the lord's prayer obviously this is this is disciples asking Jesus okay dude how do we how do we pray teach us how to pray and this is Jesus going through it so what's the significance of Jesus starting this off in in a way that that we have kind of picked up on that we, that he's referring to Jesus or he's referring to God as, as father, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just as God, as, as this, you know, mighty being out there or God of Abraham, God of Isaac, you know, as, as the, the Jewish people would have, um, you know, referred to him a lot previously, but to change it and say, okay, let's, let's
1: talk about to God, our father. Mm. No, you're, you're hitting something on the head there. That This is a big deal. we, we, a lot of us, especially if we've grown up in church or grown up more averse uh, in scripture, um, we're familiar with, you know, our heavenly father, our father in heaven, uh, even, even getting into the language of Abba, which means daddy in the scriptures. But I think, man, you raise a great point is this is an instrumental moment for Jesus to, to not only teach his disciples how to pray, but to specifically say call him father, uh, because to your point that was not done before. Um, I believe it was Matthew chapter five. We talked about this several weeks ago. Was the first time we have recorded mm-hmm. in the whole gospel that Jesus referred him to him as our father. So this is just more of the same there. And uh, I would, oh, I would love to just sit on a rock with some of these young disciples and just say, what does that mean to you? Mm. Like, does that rock your world? Does that, does that confuse you? Does that excite you? Because I, I just take for granted. I've known ever since I have known, well, you know, what, back that up before I even chose to trust God and, and follow him with my life, which didn't happen well into college. I knew him as a child, as my father, as right. my perfect, that that's what was taught to me. Right. So for these adult disciples, to be taught, Hey, he is your father. He's not just this, he's not just the force, you know, he's not just some Supreme being, but he's got all these dad characteristics and you have all these children of his characteristics. That's a big deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love too how I'm just convinced one of the things Chad and Heather said is you get down several lines and you know, verse 11, give us today the food we need. And I love that, that, uh, Chad said, that's usually how I start help. Yeah. Right. <laughs> can, uh, can no. you, can you do this for me? I need some things. Can you give me this? Cause that, cause we're just, we're self-absorbed beings, sure, you know? Right. And I love that. That's something I can learn from this is that's way down the list. The okay. first thing we say is we, we call the God of the universe, our dad, mm. which changes even the way we relate to him. And then it just talks about the holiness of his name, his kingdom coming, his will being done, it's, it's like it lifts our eyes and causes us, forces us to, to see bigger. Yeah. Before we get to, oh yeah, can you help me with this test I have to take today? <laughs> can you help me, can really you help like me get i really like to win the this? game today. Yes. I really want this sling to go away, you know. <laughs> okay, so
0: that, but that also takes me back to, you know, as you said, like, you know, from a child, if you grew up in church, like, we've, we've learned in, in our context that God is Father— Right, Father God, Um, but that takes me to like the beginning of our prayers. You know, we've kind of adopted this. This I say we in general. um, You know, dear Heavenly Father, dearest Lord Jesus. um, You know, you go back to our our Father who art in heaven and the 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 formality of mm. of some of those names and even to think back into jewish culture and how much of that would be you know the, the the formality would be in there but is there is is that a change here from the formal to the informal where we're now in in a lot of cases we're like hey dear god or what's up god you know where we have it's it's just it's different and it's not that our father who art in heaven hallowed be that you know it's not that 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 fancy um
1: the fancy language that, right. we, that, that starts there? That's a good question. Um, I, I don't know that I've thought as much about Jesus making it less formal, um, although, although there's an argument for that. I think things that have made this prayer and other oft-memorized uh, chunks of Scripture way less formal is specifically because um, from the 17th century all the way till a couple decades ago, uh, or a few decades ago, we had nothing but the King James English version. Mm-hmm. And so Shakespeare and the Bible sounded the same. Mm. There's a lot of these and thous, and, uh, so th- thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. That's the, the famous language of the Lord's prayer. That's from the old Shakespearean English, because when the, when the the printing press was invented and finally came along and they, Oh, now we get to put the Bible in everybody's hands, yeah. not just the priests, you know, but everybody can have the Bible. Well, of course they put it in King James English. All right. And so, um, that's why I think just a couple generations back, my grandparents, they would speak normal English six days a week. Right. And then they would pray in this weird Shakespearean English. Hmm. And I remember even as a child going, that is so bizarre, huh? you know, cause we don't talk like that. So I don't think it was Jesus modernizing it or Jesus making it less formal. I think we finally got some translations that were in the familiar already that were in the, the less formal already. Um, the other thing I'll add real quick, um, is, um, oh my goodness, my mind just went blank. You know sometimes when you're when you have a big idea and your mind just freezes, it doesn't even help to try to think harder, yeah you know
0: so is there any argument then to be made that we should be referring him
1: to to him as more formal uh yes and no, okay, yes and no. I think that um what I have learned uh do you know what it means to profane the name of the lord uh, to you know, profanity that that word i don't
0: I don't know that I Agree with the way that we normally think of it as well. I said, you know, GD or something, right? You know, whatever, but that in in the ways that we act, go ahead. What do
1: you What do you mean? Well, what I've learned is that that really to profane the name of God is to treat His name as ordinary, okay? Uh, which is negative because there's nothing ordinary about God. He is completely other. Mm-hmm. He is 100% holy and perfect and all powerful. So, to profane the name of God, it didn't necessarily mean we were cursing him. It was just, it was treating him any degree less than what he deserves. It was treating his name as ordinary. Okay. So, on that end of things, it does give me pause. It makes me think, you know, I, I think, especially because I worked with Young Life for so long and so many young people and young believers, I think there was almost a pride element for some of the leaders I worked with to say, hey, dad. It's good to see you today. Right. And almost I was almost uncomfortable with that mm. kind of prayer because what they meant to be really affectionate and informal and and connected on a relational level still felt like, ah, he's still holy. He's still other than, you know? Um, and yet, and yet Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and 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 likens even the way we pray to be like kids asking their dad for things they want being adopted into his family. Yes. And so I I would say yes and no. I think, I think it's a heart, like everything else that Jesus teaches, it's a heart thing. Mm. If our heart is in a place of deep love and affection, and because of that, we're really informal. I just have to believe he's totally fine with that. Mm. If our heart is flippant, if our heart is casual and therefore we use really informal, um, potentially disrespectful language. I don't think he's okay with that. Hmm. Um, But any more more than I think he's okay with some really impressive Shakespearean English prayers. I, I I choose to believe that he's shaking his head going, what are you doing? just, well, talk, I think, just I think, talk to me. Just talk to me like a normal person. Right.
0: Yeah, and I was to say, I think the argument that that if you're trying to use that Shakespearean, you know, Old English or or King James version, and it's not normal for you, like how much of that gets to the point that they that he says, you know, not not babbling on and and saying their prayers merely to uh, to be repeated or or out in public and you know basically drawing attention to yourself, like if your if your language is look how look how holy I am that I can speak the King. James versus, you know, right. rather than talk like we normally would, right. then then yeah, I think it's that's where the that's where the whole the whole thing starts prior to that.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I do agree with that. Do you remember your Big fancy point.
1: My big fancy point was about profaning the name of the Lord. so it okay. did come back. So we got it. All right. Yeah. So,
0: the, so the next thing I was thinking is that even as it starts, um, you know, we have we have this this uh, communal language throughout the throughout this prayer, right? Our Father, give us, forgive us, um, don't let us, Ooh. rescue us, like Ooh. all of these words, and even starts literally the first word, of course, in in this translation is our. So what, what is the significance of that mm. maybe compared to what we are used to now in our hyper-individualistic society? You know, what, where, what's changed? What's so different
1: there from what he's saying that this is a communal thing to where we are now? I think, I think you answered the question. <laughs> You're observing that there is a huge, blatant, collective element to this prayer. And we live in a culture, you and I do, here in 2021 Western American culture, that we're so much about the individual, so much about pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps, so much about personal accomplishment. Um, it's God didn't make us for that. Mm. God made us for this communal experience with him. It flies in the face of a common thought that, that different people have from time to time, which, which is, I don't need the church. It's me and Jesus. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to be a part of something bigger. Um, I pray. I talk to Him. I read my Bible. Yeah, but go back to this paragraph. Jesus said, "This is how you pray: not my Father in heaven, not uh, give me our not food, give me the food I need, forgive me my sins yeah. as I've forgiven." No, it's our us, 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 our that that should jump off the page that we have been made to do this together including pray we have been made yeah. to
0: pray together well i hadn't even thought about this but as you as you said that like even even the give us today the food that we need and forgiving our sins like the communal ownership of yes. Of those things, the, the ownership of the needs that are around us, the ownership of the sins that are are a part of our community, yep, that yep. that we we still like try to keep at arm's
1: length. Ooh, you're and you're getting really eesh. close to a hot button of the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we don't. I mean, flat out, we're we're big on fairness, right? And so we don't want to be held responsible for something that somebody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, of course not. That just that that's just frustrating, right? Uh, and yet. Uh, Scripture teaches us that we're in this together, and we are not only to repent of our own sin but to repent of the sin of humanity hmm. um, so yeah that's that's a good one to to spot. so what about the conditional side of some of those things that it sounds
0: like? give us the food we need and, okay, or sorry, forget that um the forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. Um, and then even even following after the Lord's Prayer, it talks about uh, if you forgive those who sin against you, then the Father will forgive you. And if you don't forgive them, then He's not going to forgive you. what's what's with the conditional language there that we still feel like I think maybe maybe it's just that that I feel like as I've as I have learned this type of prayer, not maybe not this specifically, but just as we pray, I'm praying for myself. It's the mm-hmm. individualistic side of things, right yeah. I'm praying for, hey, forgive me of my sins. Um, I'm not thinking about all the other things. I'm not thinking about anybody else that I have an effect on or that 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 I need to forgive
1: those things as well. but what's with the conditional side of that that's i I think it just it makes it extra heavy. Mm. That's my only retort is <laughs> if i I thought Heather addressed that briefly but really well when she said. Okay, he didn't repeat after the Lord's Prayer. He didn't repeat your kingdom coming. He didn't repeat uh, your will be done. He didn't repeat the food we need. The only thing he went back and repeated with Mm -hmm. this condition is forgiveness. And if nothing else, when a writer says something the second time, Mm -hmm. or he makes a list of seven things, and then he goes back and repeats the fifth thing, but not the one through four or the six and seven, time and time again, that should tell us that this emphasis is there on purpose. I just it it falls in line with my greater context understanding of the gospel which is he really cares about relationships. Mm. Relationship between us and him and relationship between us and each other. And so Shocker the thing he gets back to repeating and not just repeating but but laying down, you know, a heavy conditional element. If you don't forgive, then I'm not going to forgive you. Mm. He's saying that's how vital and how important it is. So I I think that's something well worth noting. I'm glad you noticed that. I I love that Heather even made a point to to bring us back to that.
0: Well, and as she she talked about as well, the repetition of some of the words, the reward word and when you Mm -hmm. were and hypocrites,
1: like... I love that she did that. That that just jumped off the page to me to really want to care why all those words are repeated like that. mm -hmm. Yeah. So...
0: When it talks about the hypocrite word, like I think that that just pops into my head, and we've talked about like when when people look at the American or they they look at at uh, at Christianity in America or or wherever that that study was, or the yeah, the, I was looking at Christians in
1: America, yeah. So
0: those those top three words, and the hypocrite is one of those top yeah. three words, and here is Jesus specifically saying, "Don't do this, yeah, because yeah. then you're going to be like the hypocrites that right. are out there. Don't do this." because then they're going to think you're like that. So how have we gotten to this point that we are um that we're now camped we're we are now lumped in with the hypocrites that Jesus talked about when when they when when people outside of the Christian
1: faith look at us. Mm. That's a whopper of a question, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I I know that I know that when our faith leans a lot more toward morality and being the moral morality police mm. than it does leaning toward grace and love and reconciliation and which just requires a ton of humility. And by the way, even doing that well, still br- still comes with a lot of misunderstanding and probably called hypocrites, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that's my, maybe too simple of an answer. I, I just think that in the same way the religious leaders of Jesus' day were very much, look at me, look at me, look right. at us, we're checking the boxes, we're doing the right, We don't. at least we're not like those people. Mm. Uh, and boy, Jesus did not like when they did that. Uh, I, I think that hasn't changed. 2,000 years later, um, I have to believe the people that, that our God is the most irritated by and frustrated with are the people who claim to know him, and even teach truth about him, and and yet are are just completely hypocritical. Now, having said that, I'll share this awesome moment from Bible study I was in last week. This is the day before my wreck, so it was, it was still a good week. You can still remember back then. Um, we had a dude. There's 14 of us in this summer Bible study we're doing, and we had a, a, a dude. I will not. I will not out him, but he goes to Colonial. Really cool guy, and he said that my wife dragged me to this six weeks ago and I did not want to go. And I came the first two or three weeks really with a bad attitude mm. and I didn't want to be here. But my number one complaint about the church is that it's full of hypocrites and what you, he's telling us this group, we're yeah. like six weeks into this summer study. He says, you know what this group has given me just a better understanding of we are all hypocrites. Mm. and it's like my guard went down and my comfort level with you people <laughs> to hear the questions you're asking. Cause Oh my goodness, I'm asking that question too. Yeah. The unanswered questions that are, that are frustrating for you. Oh my goodness. That's one of my unanswered questions that really frustrates me. Uh, the, the moments of victory and, and growth and I'm starting to experience that. Mm. So it's not, it's not entirely a terrible word. Hypocrite means actor. You know, you act one way here and another way there. Right. Um, but part of that is we are, we are a mess. We're broken mm. people. And so I'm, I'm in my least defensive, most secure moments when someone calls me or more likely just Christians in general, a bunch of hypocrites, I can smile and go, yes, yep. spot on. Mm. I don't disagree with that. Instead of going, oh, how can you call me a hypocrite? I'm doing the best I can. And you don't see this and you don't see that. So I think... I think that there's a reason that people who don't know Jesus and are not part of the church look at us from a distance and, and very readily call us hypocrites. I think if they stepped into our world, if we invited them well into our world, I think they would discover over time that they were right. Right. And it's beautiful. And that's not a bad nope, thing. it's not, not a bad. bad thing. God loves us just like we are, not, not as we're supposed to be. And there's a beauty in discovering his love for us mm-hmm. despite our junk. Um so maybe on the
0: outside we still appear like these religious leaders or or whatever that he's talking about praying out loud and and, and appearing to be like those hypocrites. Right. But then if they actually got to know us if we invited them in yeah we are. Yeah. <laughs> we
1: are <laughs> we are. It's okay. It comes back to it's a heart thing. Mm. It really does every time. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so one of the things that, they, that I think Chad was talking about is that how the Lord's Prayer is one of those um, most recited uh, prayers. It, it makes me think, like, is, is, this a, is this a descriptive prayer or is this a prescriptive prayer? Like, is this the way that we are supposed to say it, or is this just like, I mean, we're, is this an example of,
1: of, of the idea
0: of how to do this?
1: Well, I don't think— I personally don't think we're supposed to go through the motions and check these boxes about anything. Yeah. But having said that, Jesus was very clear. He said, hey, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Pray like this. Mm. And then he teaches us. And so I think there is something prescriptive uh, for sure about, you can, you can change the words, You can the heart behind it is these components, the, those various P words right. that... Chad and Heather, they got a little pee happy with their alliteration, but it it, it made a ton of sense to me because they just, they just, they just dropped all these different Mm -hmm. themes of this prayer. I don't think we have to say the exact words.
0: So it's, so, so you'd say it's prescriptive in the, with the heart behind it. Yes. Rather than it's, it's prescriptive in, you should say our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Right. So rather than just repeating the
1: words. Yeah. There's nothing magic about the words. Um. I got a couple quotes in front of me that make sense to me. Philip Yancey, who wrote a book uh, called Prayer, What Difference Does It Make? It is my number one favorite book on prayer, so we put that in the show notes. Um, Philip Yancey, fantastic author. Mm -hmm. He said, the main purpose of prayer is not to make life easier, not to gain magical powers, but to know God he paints it in very relational terms. It's not to make our lives easier, it's not to gain magical powers. That's where I think it steps into what you're saying. It's not if I say 142 Hail Marys right. or I say the Lord's Prayer, you know, 127 times, then I'll get what I want. Man, we're just missing the entire idea of of relationship, of of otherness, of holiness of his kingdom come, Like all these facets we can we can break down. Well, he's he's right on though. I mean, that's that's how like maybe maybe
0: just in the American Church or the Western Western society, like that's how we pray. We Absolutely. pray because I didn't study. God, give me this magical ability to be able to answer this. God, right. help me win. You know, score the winning touchdown or grow three inches taller. You no know, doubt. Like, like that's how we pray. Like that's we that's bargain. been so
1: normal. We it's very well. It's very self centered. Yeah. It's, it's very much a bargain we're trying to make with, with someone who can pull through. Here's another quote from Nancy that okay. I love this. He said, my understanding of prayer has changed. I now see it less as trying to convince God to do what I want done and more as a way of discerning what God wants done in the world and how I can be a part of it. The mystery endures, but it's a different kind of mystery. What tiny role can I play in answering Jesus's prayer for unity? And in doing God's will on earth as it is in heaven. That's a, that's a big shift yeah. shift from me trying to get what I want from God right. to, Oh my goodness. He's inviting me into what he's already doing. His kingdom coming, his, his desire to reconcile all people to himself, mm. all people to each other. What tiny part do I get to play in that? Yeah. As I pray this prayer, mm. um, it's a very God centered prayer. It's not a. It's not rub the lamp, you know. <laughs> I think that's how we see it. A lot. I,
0: I mean, I, I think it's right. I mean, there's so much of this. It's just, it's, it's, it's interesting that in these, in these, what four verses that you know, five verses, whatever. That it's just like there's so much packed into this yes. that we just breeze past and miss.
1: Well, and that's that's another miss for us. I think as a Baptist church, as a what what do people? We're not we're not a high church experience or liturgical church experience with lots of ritual, lots of creeds we could recite from memory or, or, you know, a book of prayers we read through out loud together. There's different traditions, Christian traditions that do that. We're on the other end of that spectrum where if you made us do something over and over again for about eight or 10 weeks, Mm. people start rebelling, you know? Right. Not going to do that. But having said that, this is the power in that repeated familiar, Sacred Prayer, this is what N.T. Wright writes about it. He says, How much more ought we to cherish and marvel at the fact that for nearly 2,000 years people have prayed this prayer? Hmm. When you take these words on your lips, you stand on hallowed ground. I don't think we cherish that enough. Yeah. There were people being burned at the stake for what they believed that were saying these exact words. Not even something kind of like it, but in German or in Spanish or or in Greek, or they were saying these words, mm. and I'm driving down the street in my car because I can't ride my motorcycle anymore, and I can say <laughs> these words, and it's not just about me. It's, yeah, it's I'm I'm connected to two thousand years of history mm. of the movement of Jesus' people. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool.
0: I mean, it definitely it definitely brings a heaviness to it that isn't there. I mean, just like we've talked, I think we've talked about this in the past, but that there's so much written into Scripture that just at, at face value we miss. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see the context that it, was, that it was a part of, and I think that's one of those things. It's like, you know, maybe, you know, Jesus is not necessarily in that context that, that you're referring to of 2,000 years of people doing this and being persecuted for this and talking about it, but, but there's so
1: much context that when you just read through it, it's like, yeah, okay, I read yeah. it. Especially if it's super familiar. Right, familiarity breeds contempt. Someone mm. once said. So, what about
0: what about the uh, the significance, if if any at all? Um, I'm curious. When I grew up and learned all this, you go through the the Lord's Prayer, and it ends with "For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever." Amen. Yes. Is there anything? W- w- what's the deal with that not being there? Like it's not in this translation, right? Right. So we did the NLT; it's not
1: here in this. So w- why is that not there? Is there? You know what? You may have... Significance st- to that? You may have stumped me in the moment, because uh, I'm only going from memory here. It's not in the scripture. I think it was added as a part of the early church's uh, rhythms, as a part of their um, reciting. You know, they, they had creeds the first few hundred years that they would recite that would land them all in the same place theologically. They would have prayers that they would recite, including this one, obviously. And I think that was added on by the church. mm mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying that without looking it up right now. Well, I,
0: I I was just curious as I was reading through it because it even seems like, okay, well, we're talking about your kingdom, your power and glory forever. Like that seems like, isn't that where we started with the verse? Like it it started with your name is kept holy, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like, it sounds like we're already, we're just kind of repeating those things. So that makes sense to me if it's, we're repeating the things that we need to repeat. Right, right. So how do we take this and apply this to our lives more so than okay I should pray more. Right? That's the that's the easy yeah, I don't pray enough, I should do that more. Mm. But how do we take all of these things, a lot you know the communal aspect, the the conditional things in here, the the um the 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 ways that Jesus said specifically to do that, to do this and the, the history of 2000 years, how do we take all of those things Mm. and apply this to our lives in a way that affects like our mission statement, right? So we're, we want to build disciples. We want to impact Wichita falls and the world. So how do we do this and deal with this in a way that affects, um, our families, our neighbors, our city
1: and beyond. Where does the rubber meet the road? Um, I think I'm thinking of a couple different personality types. I'm thinking for the folks that are, they're detail oriented. They, they're, they're, uh, diligent in practicing spiritual disciplines. Um, the kind of folks, there's a lot of our listeners that are wired in such a way that if you, if you give them five steps toward X, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's like a gift from above. Mm. Oh, I, I want those five steps. I want to be able to measure them. I want to be able to check them when I'm done. Um, for those folks, I I love what Chad and Heather did. Is they listed out and forgive me, I didn't count how many there were, but they they listed out a half a dozen or more key elements of this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Referring to the peas. Yeah, could you list off the peas? You have those in front of you. Uh
0: y- yes. Um, pra- praise, perspective, purpose, provision, pardon, and
1: protection. Okay, is that six? Uh yes. So but- I think for some of us, some of our personality types, it's like man re-examine your prayer life, re if you're a journal, journal or re-examine, if you're constantly writing about pardon and your you know, forgiveness, the issues, forgiveness for you, forgiveness for the people you're doing life with, that's fantastic. But it, what if you notice, ah, oh, but these other two things over here, I never really go there with God. I never, I don't really spend much time just telling him how amazing he is. Mm. Praise. Um, that's, I think, so I think for the detail people, I think it can be really helpful just to re-examine our prayer life. And If this is how Jesus wants me to pray, and it's a fairly short prayer, but it's got these half a dozen different elements to it, where do I need to lean more into? Yeah. Now, the other kind of personality that comes to mind for me is not a detail person. Maybe I'm, I'm, this is where I project myself. A highly relational person, uh, big picture person. I don't know that going through and just thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'd give myself an A and this P and a B plus on this P and a, well, that one's totally missing. So a D minus on that P. And I think what it brings to is the life of Jesus because time and time and time again, Jesus would be in the middle of a crowd and he would look up and he would talk to his father and time and time and time again, Jesus would break away early in the morning or late at night and he would be alone with his father. And there's something about that picture, even from this prayer, that he starts out our Father in heaven, mm. that, that calls us to ongoing, constant relationship and conversation with our Father. So I think, I think those can serve us. You know, maybe, maybe there's some people that are wired so funky they can, that both those things can be really helpful. Mm. You know? um, that's where it takes me, uh, especially because it flies in the face of the bargaining I do with God. It flies in the face of of if you added up how many things I asked of God, <laughs> and then put in the other column all the things I said were amazing about Him or the things I'm grateful for, right. the list would be so you know jacked up, and the seesaw would just be all the weight would be on one end, yeah. you know. So I think there's something even about that that we can apply is that yeah, there's this little thing in the middle about giving us what we need just for today. Mm. Not even that big a request. Yeah, Um, yeah. that's my two cents. Another quote, this is the last quote I have that I I brought with me today, but uh, again, this book on prayer by Philip Yancey. um, He said, most of my struggles in the Christian life circle around the same two themes. Why God doesn't act the way we want God to, and why I don't act the way God wants me to. Prayer is the precise point where those themes converge. One more time. Most of my struggles in the Christian life circle around the same two themes. Number one, why God doesn't act the way we want God to. Mm. And number two, why I don't act the way God wants me to. Prayer is the precise point where those two themes converge. So as, as uh, Chad
0: pointed out, Paul, Paul's, uh, okay, I do all the things I don't want to do, and
1: I don't do the things that I want to do. Yep. That's where prayer hits. And that leads him to prayer. That leads him to conversation with God. It leads him to just asking for God's mercy. It it leads him to frustration with God. All mm-hmm. those things. That's prayer. Reread mm-hmm. the Psalms. We learn to pray from the Psalms in so many ways. And it it's got it all. It's got all those Ps in it. Uh, including just honest confusion and frustration with God. And and time and time around, God bring in David or whoever wrote particular psalms back around to just a humble place of gratitude and Mm. dependence and, um,
0: it's like a different view of of prayer, not not like a contrasting one by any means. But you know, Jesus, what he showed us here is is very straight into the point. Yes. You know, yeah, there's six different things that are in here, so it's not like it's short and and nothing. But it's but it's but it's straight into the point. You know? Yeah, right. in the middle of a sermon. And then you got David on the other side, you know, or, or whatever, whoever wrote, you know, whichever random psalm. But that those prayers are so much like lament and yeah. emotion and. Uh, and frustration, yes. as you said and and excitement and joy and all the things wrapped into one, yeah. and then he still comes back to the same kind of ideas that okay, it's your thing. get me out of the way, do what you want to do yep. uh, and so it's just you you have this this super straightforward one, and then you have this like overly emotional version, <laughs> so whichever end of the spectrum you end up on, yep. there's some examples there for you well,
1: and on that note i I think it's it's helpful if we we Limit our book suggestions this week to these two. One, the book I've already uh, mentioned a couple times by mm. Philip Yancey, called Prayer. Okay, does, uh, does it make a difference? Uh, we'll put that in show notes. My favorite book on prayer, uh, and specifically, Yancey is not trite ever. Yeah, he's there's no Hallmark card quotes in this book. He he addresses sometimes God's just silent, and I don't mm. know what to do with that. Or, how come he won't do this thing that clearly seems to reflect his love for little kids, helpless kids? But he won't do that. I'm frustrated. So, in, in a lot of ways, like the psalmists, this book is so relatable and and yet over and over again brings the reader back to trusting God, trusting in his goodness. He's uh, he a lot of scripture. So, I, I want to encourage folks if you want to dive a little deeper on prayer, Philip Yancey's book uh, is a home run. The the book that uh, Chad mentioned yesterday in our mm-hmm. services called "The Circle Maker" by Mark Batterson. Um, very different take on prayer. Very, um, I think, a, an awesome, healthy kick in the pants to say, "Why are you dreaming such? Why are you dreaming such small dreams? Mm. Why are you praying for such little things when God wants to change the world? He wants to change the world through us. What what, what if you're praying for your neighbors by name?" Uh, Chad loves to walk and ride his bike and uh, he probably doesn't want me to say this cause he doesn't want to be one of those folks that's, you know, look at me, look at me. But I know this about Chad and I'll go ahead and say it. He likes to ride his bike over to the church or walk over to the church cause he's close enough and just walk around the perimeter of the church hmm. and just old school, pray to God for colonial church. Yeah. Um, the circle maker is a very practical, I think, uh, inspiring book on, on the way we pray big prayers uh, that, that align ourselves with God's heart. So I think those two books are a great place for, for people to go if you want more. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Okay, we'll have both of those. Uh, I'll, p- I'll put links in the notes so we have, anybody that wants to go get those, they can, they can hop on and it's, what, Prime Week this week so they can jump on Amazon and exactly. get them or find them their own, own self. Love it. Cool. Okay, let's, uh, let's pause. We could probably keep going on the Lord's Prayer like
1: every, every other hey, Seriously, I did a six-week, sermon series on the Lord's prayer. Chad and Heather did it in 32 minutes. Um, there's so many different ways we could, we could tackle this, but yeah, good stuff.
0: So what's coming up next week, right? We have two more weeks of,
1: of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Correct. correct. We're going to wrap up our series, the Sermon on the Mount uh, with a couple weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, that I hope are really encouraging and, and really leave us in a, a launching place to move forward out of this, not just feel the weight of, of the call of Jesus on our lives, but the freedom that comes with it to be really different people. So yeah, this week, the 27th, and then the following week, the fourth will be our last couple weeks on this series. Um, including the big giant. I mean, I'm just looking, I'm just looking through here and like, there's
0: so much in Matthew seven yeah, and right. we, we hadn't even like, we haven't even breathed
1: close to that yet. We're yep. still at six and, There's still so much more. Well, I'll tell you this. We're going to finish chapter six this week. And then uh, the bummer is we're only going to spend one more week on, on the rest of it, which is chapter seven. But I will remind you, the last chunk of chapter seven... Because it just makes sense Is what we started with
0: Right but there's still 24 verses know, Prior to that I'm I just know. saying I'm looking at
1: this And there are a whole lot Of chapter titles here That that were bold words Well I think I think Jesus once said Leave him wanting more Yeah I think it's one of his <laughs> One of his first teachings Yeah yeah okay That may have been P.J. Barnum or whatever But um, It could have been Jesus P- Abraham P- Lincoln maybe I don't remember <laughs> The
0: vampire hunter Yeah yeah, yeah okay. That guy um okay so that's what we got
1: then uh then after the fourth yes. what's coming up what's coming up in the rest of july well um we are going to dive into uh a few things as a church that are absolutely foundational if we want to be the church that we really believe god wants us to be awesome so uh, that's very much a teaser mm-hmm. but i would say the rest of july and the first part of august we're going to do that we also have a, a couple of big church-wide events coming in august that everybody's going to want to be a part of right we'll talk about more of that uh, we'll, we'll talk more, more about yeah. that coming yeah. i love i love that you're always trying to pull the curtain back <laughs> and get me in trouble but but there's a lot to what we've been playing that's my job right i'm we, just i just here want here to let to it unfold yeah <laughs>
0: yeah okay all right well we'll pause the conversation there we'll come back next week and uh and, and as we wrap up uh the month of june uh next week so that'll be fun Good time. So, if you have any questions, um, as always, podcast at colonialchurch.com. Get those in there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, dealing with us and praying for our families and all the things that are going on around here. And um, we love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.